0: for Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in D.C. on the Sean Hannity Show. Alright, he's the most connected man in Washington, D.C. Yesterday was a big election day, uh, probably one of the big upsets, not probably, one of the big upsets, and it should raise red flags. We had Matt Bevin on the program yesterday. I'll tell you why we had him on yesterday. Because polls were showing that he's down. There's only been two Republican governors in Kentucky in what the last seven years? No, and in the last 44 years. In the last 44. Was it two, I think it's two or three in the last two, 70. Two, yeah, it, Louis Nunn
1: got elected in mm.
0: 1967. Ernie Fletcher and I think do, it was do you really have to make me look this bad because I don't know what happened in
1: 1947. Really? Seriously? it's. Uh, I did my homework. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just teasing. All right. So, so it, I mean, seriously, it's a big deal, and I, I still don't understand why it's taken so long for sort of the Republican Revolution in the South to get to a border state like Kentucky. In fact, the Democrats still hold the state house in Kentucky. But yeah, it was a big win yesterday for Matt Bevin, and the reason that I, I think we need to have a discussion about it and about the polls is that there was not one poll uh, there was there weren't many polls in Kentucky first off and so it's an off-year election the turnout wasn't exactly super low but still it it raises issues about the the ability of the pollsters to get things right we've had other cases where they've gotten things wrong but there you know I always talk I'm reluctant to get into exact numbers about polls because I've seen too many times when they're wrong And so with you I always like to talk about trends well the trends in Kentucky only show the Democrat winning and Matt Bevin losing and then instead of losing by three to five points he wins by almost nine. I mean, when you win by 8.7%, that's a butt-whipping. You know, I mean, that's, that's not close. Yeah, well, what's and, the number? It's about 8% now, and I guess they're still counting the final finals? 8.7, the last I looked. Yeah. And so, I mean, you're talking about an 11, 12, 13, 14 point swing from what the pollsters had indicated. So, either the pollster models were wrong, or does every one of the undecideds break for Bevin? That's sort of hard to believe, but no, you can understand a lot. But the history but still, of the polling, Jamie, how many times have we been
0: through this on, on in presidential election year in presidential election years and i gotta tell you it's it's happening way too often now i know we're putting a lot of emphasis on polls it's the it's the daily who's up who's down and it does drive a lot of the discussion it certainly does it certainly does and and i would assume when you look at the aggregate which is what pretty much you and i do on this program we we talk about outliers a lot um but uh, you know you gotta wonder can you trust any of these things at this well, point i
1: just i look back i mean there's been a number of these but i always think of the one that really was a ball peen hammer to the forehead and that was in 2008 in New Hampshire. The polls all said Barack Obama was going to beat Hillary Clinton, and it did not happen, and the polls didn't catch it. We've had other examples, and so I just raise that for right now. I'm not I'm not taking away anything from Bevan and the fact that he won. It's just, I, I think it should make us think twice as we look at other numbers. Now, for the rest of the program, we will go on to talk about polls in great detail, because I mean, it's, it's just the way it is. Bevin, the big thing about this, and it was addressed this afternoon at the White House briefing, uh, Sean, is that Bevan has made a number of uh, pledges during his uh, bid for governor, in which he, A, wants to roll back the state health exchange that was created under the Obama health law. Uh, you know, what Kentucky and and only about a dozen other states set up these exchanges. Instead, other states are using healthcare.gov. And so his argument is pretty simple. He says it's duplicative. It, it therefore, you know, uh, costs money, millions of dollars each year to the taxpayers of the bluegrass state. Yep. And so he wants to get rid of that and transition all those people who buy right now through that uh, through that state-based exchange and send them all to healthcare.gov. Uh, because most of this stuff, Sean, it's really interesting, was done by the current outgoing governor by mm-hmm. executive order and not by laws in the state. So legislature. let's see what happens, right? It will be easy for Bevin to say, "Okay, we're going to turn this off and move everybody over to healthcare.gov." Now, a little more tricky, he could, if he wanted to, be able to push the estimated four to five hundred thousand people who have signed up for expanded Medicaid coverage. If he wanted to knock them off the rolls and get rid of that because it costs extra money to the state, he could do that. But Bevin, in the last couple weeks has softened some of his tone about that. Uh, the White House today urged him not to push ahead, but I would assume Bevin's going to be under a bit of pressure from Republicans to see what he can do on that. Of course, the legislature may have a big say in that as well. But obviously, a lot of people, I think, on the Republican side see this as, see, uh, that the health law is still very controversial, and it can work to the advantage of the Republicans in an election.
0: So I would say, overall, a big night for Republicans. And I'll tell you, coast to coast, if you look at the, the Matt Bevin win in Kentucky, that the big story of the night. Yeah. Democrats failed to pick up Virginia State Senate. Yep. I think a huge blow to Governor Terry McAuliffe. He went all in to make that happen. They had poured a lot of money in there, yep. Houston, they had an equal rights ordinance designed to protect the rights of, of gays and lesbians that failed by a wide margin. Democratic ballot initiative. Ohio rejected marijuana legalization by a two-to-one margin, and the sheriff in San Francisco, who defended yep. sanctuary cities, he also went down.
1: Yeah, there. Uh, it wasn't a total blowout for the GOP. There were some bright spots for the Democrats, like in Ohio they won a bunch of mayor's races and they but uh, I think overall the thumb would go on the scale toward the side of the GOP uh, spokesman Josh Ernest at the White House what his uh his, his blunt quote today was obviously the president wanted to see Democrats do better and I, I really think the Democrats were very disappointed I think they had they really believed that they had a chance a good chance to win not only the Bevan race but also in Virginia as well to p- uh, peel back one of those state Senate seats and so then it gets you thinking okay obviously this electorate that came out yesterday is going to be different than the makeup makeup of the election electorate next year. That's the way things are in off-year elections. But are those headwinds that it's clear that the Democrats are facing? Because Matt Bevin, a lot of people here in D.C. felt like was not running a very good campaign overall. But sometimes when you have that tailwind, it doesn't matter. You're going to win anyway. And so does that carry over in the next year? Is this just a a one-off kind of thing that uh, the Republicans can win like this? Or is this something that they can put together on a larger scale? Those, of course, are sort of unanswered questions. I I, I
0: don't know from my own mind and my own mindset here. I mean, I'm I'm looking at Republicans holding their seats, I'm looking at a pretty good day in terms of ballot initiatives, in terms of if you're a conservative, uh, the, the the Bevin win is the biggest one of the day, McCullough sure. loses going all in in, in Virginia, so, I, but I'm not sure if we can really grab an indication in terms of what this is going to look like one year from now out of the results yesterday. I just For example,
1: see I've, I've seen some people that I trust who are big in, in terms of poll numbers and going through stuff say that if the Democrats had just turned out at the same rate that the Republicans did in Virginia, they would have been able to flip one or two of those Senate seats. So again, it's the motivation. We've seen it in the polls that the Republicans are motivated. Usually they're the ones who are more motivated in the midterm elections or the off-year elections. And then the Democrats, uh, just witnessed 2008 and 2012, were the ones who got out in bigger numbers for both of those elections. Does that change this time around? Uh, again, that's the unknown. But uh, certainly, again, don't take anything away from uh, Bevan and the GOP. They have reason to be very, very happy after yesterday's results. All right, let me play you something. There's a new website of kids.
0: They look like 11, 12 years old. Attacking and cursing out Donald Trump.
1: This Hola, is. Hola, Donald Trump! Screaming, get out of my country! Republicans use offensive words. So here's a few of our own. F- you racist. F- We're Latino kids born in the USA. And we've got something to say. I'm Rosa. I'm Ricardo. My friends call me Rick. But you keep calling me Anchor Baby? Wow. Racist. When you say Mexican immigrant, a rapist, murder, drug dealers, you know it's racist codes for words like, speaks wet bags and be nerds, and you have attacked people for speaking Mexican in this nation. Um, it's Spanish, idiota. Maybe a little less hairspray and more education. Millions of working Latinos would be deported. If you get your local, wait, if you're in the White House for America, it would be nothing. Bad hair thing. Yo, Tom, you All may right, be I, high I, in the I, I can't take it, it, it anymore.
0: It's really not. Now, I'm sure these parents are so proud of their youngsters, aren't they? I mean, is this – don't ever tell me this isn't a blood sport that people get involved in here.
1: Oh, it is. I've always said that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a nonstop war. That's the thing. I think most people don't realize that the political battle is a never-ending war in which one side never, ever gives up to the other. I, I, I listen to that, and really we're going to drag our kids into this and throwing out every,
0: every word they can possibly think of. And what, do people think this is cute or funny or – is this supposed to indoctrinate the next generation? What's the upside here, letting your kids do that?
1: The group uh, that I read about this, the group that's behind this, it's it's at a website. It actually is registered with the FEC as a political action committee. It uh, says it's dedicated to fighting anti-Latino and anti-immigrant racism in the 2016 election. Now, I don't think that this is, quote-unquote, an ad or anything like that. This is where the Internet sort of uh, sometimes blurs the lines about what is really on TV or radio as an ad and what's just sort of out there, and that's one of these Internet things, and you've done a big favor for them by playing that today.
0: Well, I don't think I did a big favor. I think that people really need to know how ugly this is, and, and I keep pointing out to Republican candidates and conservatives around the country that you better, you better brace yourself because it's the same old playbook, and even though you don't take a political side, you and I both know Republicans are racist. They're sexist. They're homophobic. They want to throw your grandmother over the cliff. They want to destroy the environment, poison the air, water, and let children and, and old people fend for themselves. It's thing the same- I've
1: uh, learned for a long time is, is if you think you're going to stand back and make your arguments, <laughs> and then when the other side gets after you, somebody's going to throw a penalty flag. Holidays on <laughs> are a time of <laughs> that's just not the way it is. You got to get up there and you got to punch that person as hard as you can in the face. That's the way it goes. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I don't think a lot of people want to believe that part of this this that's listen it's a never-ending war you can't look at it any other way and if you think you're going to win by being mr nice guy and just presenting better ideas i'm sorry and that that that, i think that turns off a lot of people frankly with the political process because they don't like it when they get hit with something like that but that's sort of part and parcel i'm not sure that's going to change anytime soon
0: you hear about this piece? Uh, the New York Times covered it today. There's been a year-long battle over quote gay and transgender rights that turned into an ugly war of words between a a, a mayor and social conservatives. As voters repealed an anti-discrimination ordinance that, that had was a, the one down a, in Houston, right? That that's correct. The measure failed what 61.39 uh, percent after the council had passed this, and this was about, for example, letting men that that are transgendered and now claim to be or identify themselves, just identifying themselves as females, that they would be allowed to share bathrooms and showers with women.
1: Well, look, it's a reminder that you can push stuff through, but it doesn't matter if the voters don't agree with it. They can repeal another example of exactly that. I, I am sure that you'll hear something about those kind of uh of efforts in the next year's campaign, just how big it is, I'm not so sure about that. We have
0: good poll numbers again, showing some of the messages of Rubio and Ted Cruz really resonating now with the poll numbers out today.
1: Yeah, new a couple of new polls out of New Hampshire, and again, let, let's talk trends here. And the, I think the trends are pretty clear that, uh, as we've talked about, Ben Carson and Donald Trump, you know, one two two one, however you want to say, they're they're up there in front, but Rubio and Cruz both clearly moving up and then the other clear things jeb bush moving down and fiorina moving down as well also what i'm noticing and i raised this to you the other day and now i've seen some some deep uh uh, you know poll data to support this the the favorability numbers and in new hampshire at least the poll numbers going up for chris christie and i just wonder still if we're going to see one more push from him especially with uh jeb bush's numbers maybe getting softer that that might provide an opening for i mean we be honest soft is an understatement at four percent uh yeah soft i mean look when you get in the Quinnipiac poll and you i've got it right here in front of me it shows hillary Hillary is just yeah she's
0: trailing multiple gop candidates and just getting crushed on on character issues and that was the same in the nbc polls her favorability honesty empathy other indicators i mean just shows that that people don't like her they don't think her only 28%
1: think she's honest and trustworthy. 68% think she is not. And uh, again, the latest poll from uh, from South Carolina had Hillary ahead by 56 over Bernie Sanders. Yeah, no, she is the candidate unless she gets indicted, but she has the worst rating
0: for honesty among all the candidates with the American people. A majority of Americans believe that she doesn't care about the needs and problems of people like like them. What do you have? 61% of voters think that Clinton doesn't care about that. They don't care about share her values or share their values uh, and just generally not likable.
1: Now, I think you look in the last two weeks, if we look for trends here, again, on the Republican side, it's still uh, Donald Trump and Ben Carson, one, two. Rubio has seen a number of polls with double digits. Ted Cruz has seen a few, too. And then you start looking at Jeb Bush's numbers. You know, depending on the poll here, these are apples and oranges, I understand. There are eights and then sevens and sixes and fives and fours arena dropping from seven down to three, uh, nobody from sort of that lower end, whether it's John Kasich or Rand Paul or Mike Huckabee or Chris Christie getting above three in the last few polls. And you start to sort of wonder, are we seeing re- the real separation now where Rubio and Cruz become sort of the alternative? to ben carson and donald there's trump. there's absolutely you've got to watch uh, it now seems to be a four-man race from
0: my perspective and that's trump carson cruz and rubio
1: and that's why i think you're seeing more more sort of oppo on rubio at this point in time i, I didn't and trump i going after we have him.
0: jeb bush and cruz on hannity tonight I didn't, I didn't get that op research on on rubio that was bizarre to me but all right jamie we got to roll See Thank you Sean.